So Luke 10, verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. And so we have this discussion, and I think this is all pretty much review. It's really nice to uh, be teaching uh, an audience of folks that uh, I feel like is very familiar with the Word and um, very sound in your thoughts with regard to it. And I think a lot of these things are just reminders for us. Um, There's a few subjects that come up in that uh, passage. And we're just going to kind of talk about those subjects and and maybe a little bit about how they relate to one another. I, I feel like Matt will probably uh, have more to say about uh, those things in discussion in the class to follow. Uh, maybe about the practical application, that's kind of what I'm hoping. Um, but there's this idea of industry and work, hospitality, uh, the idea of worry, and then really the power of the word and being receptive to it. Uh, those are all things that you know that kind of come up in your thoughts as you read that short passage, and we just kind of wanted to to discover those um, or revisit those subjects and talk about a little bit how they relate. And um, you know, you kind of look at that picture up there. Neither one of those ladies is really smiling, um, but you know, one is in reflection there, uh, looking at the word, seated. Uh, the other one serving. And when I look at that picture, uh, you know, do I see um, Christian attributes on display in both pictures? And the answer is yes, and I see everybody nodding their head. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, You could take one or the other of those ladies out of the picture and either one of them you would say well that's you know that's christian lady that's what christian ladies look like or whatever and so as we think about this subject and we look at um really kind of how things are dealt with in that passage uh we realize that this is really about priority right this is really about priority and when we think about, you know, there's a passage we often refer to here that talks about first pure, then peaceable. Does that mean not peaceable? Right? Does that mean it's not important? No. Uh, we're just given a priority that purity is before peace. But is peace something that a peaceable or a peaceful person, is that what a Christian is supposed to be? Sure. What's the priority? Purity, right? And I think this passage really is really about the pure, uh, the priority of the word, uh, the priority of that relationship with Christ, which is the choice that uh, Mary's made, right? Um, when we think about what Jesus says to the Pharisees, you know, 
you tithe, you know, talking about these little little things, talking about the mint and anise and cumin, you know, you tithe of these little bitty things. You do the little bitty things. But what does he tell them? He says, you've left off the most important things. You know, faith and love, right? He, you've let, you, mercy, you, you've forgotten about those things that are important, but you still do the other. But what does he say? Forget the little stuff? That's not what he says. He said, you should do that. You should do that. You should be that, right? But you should do these more important things, right? He's, he's, it's, it's really about priority. Um, so I'm going to just go through these things. These are things I think we all know. Um, Proverbs, we'll read several passages out of Proverbs as we go through this. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. Do not love sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with food. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. Um, think about, okay, we know who wrote that, right? That last passage. Paul. An apostle. He got an important job. Is his job important as an apostle? Does he put his hand to work as a tent maker? Does it say he could have had other folks take care of him all along? And that that would have been right to do so? Yeah. But... He chooses to do the work. And what does that tell us about industry in day-to-day things? Is it something we should do? Is it something we should be involved in? Um, So do the scriptures recognize value and diligence concerning the physical things in this life? Do they? I see the heads nodding. They do. Uh, They do. But remember, like I say, I think this whole thing is really about priority. Hospitality. Uh, Again in Proverbs, she extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Proverbs 31, you all know that's about the virtuous woman. All right. Romans 16. I commend uh, to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church, which is at Centria, uh, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. For she herself has also been a helper of many, and myself as well. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Um, and we think back, you know, what? who invited who into her home? 
Martha invited Jesus into her home. Was she wrong in what she was doing there? And we see that industry and hospitality kind of relate to each other. Um, you know, it says that we should uh, work so that we might be a supply to those that have need, right? So we're supposed to work so that we can be a supply to others. If, um, you know, if you're swimming in poverty, it's pretty tough to be involved in hospitality. makes it hard. Um, this idea of worry, um, and I've got this passage, it's in Matthew 6. If it's easier for you to just read along, it's going to be a good bit of this. So, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, not for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough enough trouble of its own. And think about, if you just read the passage that we started off with in Luke, and you read just this. Um, you know, I remember um, there was a group when I was a kid that was convinced that the end of the world was coming, you know, and they'd sold all their stuff. And they were just kind of sitting around, you know, waiting. They were eating up the last little bit of their stuff. And, um, you know, when it didn't happen, they were they had really kind of handicapped themselves for going on you know they had you know it, it just the, the time passed and there's a big group of folks and some of y'all older folks probably are, I see Carrie nodding her head you know but there's a whole big pile of folks that that did that you know and they just cast off all the cares of this life and just they were just sit they sat down waiting on it you know and they were of course they were praying and doing all the stuff you would expect folks to do that knew but you know you kind of think about you know, it's a good thing that I don't know when the end is for me, you know, because if it was a long ways off, I'd be real busy doing these things over here, and then as the time approached, I'd quit doing all that, <laughs> you know, and I, it, it just, it, it's like I would, I wouldn't really know how to function, I think, if I knew when my last day was, you know, I, I don't know that um, I would do it right, but, um you know, if you take those two passages and you just think about that, it's almost like, well, man, we'll just pray and sing and we'll just not worry about 
any of this physical stuff because God's going to take care of us, right? You know, uh, if you if you pull some of these things out of context and look at them and consider them on their own without thinking about the context of the whole scriptures, you know, it can be a little bit misleading, which that's why we say, you know, don't pull stuff out and just go with that. Read the book as in, in its entirety to consider where we need to be. So some of the questions... Uh, that come up, you know, so does this passage discourage diligence in the physical? Maybe if you pull that out of context, maybe it kind of would. Don't worry, be happy. Y'all, I don't know how many of y'all remember that song. Uh, Count on and trust in the Lord. Does this mean sit on your hands and grin until the Lord returns? Is that what that means? I see the head shaking, though. I mean, this is a good audience. Everybody knows. Um, Maybe it means he'll bless your industry and he'll provide reward for your hard work when your priorities are rightly placed. You know, I think I was thinking about industry and worry and work and all of these things together. And, you know, uh, I've always kind of liked cutting the grass. And I, I, I don't know. I hadn't really cut the grass thinking about what the neighbors think. I would cut the grass because I like cutting the grass. And I like the way it looks when it's over. And, you know, it's its own reward for me. You know, it was all really kind of, I enjoyed it, enjoyed doing it. Wasn't worried about it, but like it. But now there have been times when I was cutting a whole lot of grass. And when we had that big place up in Caledonia, it was about four acres of grass. And there was a summer, I think, when that thing rain, it was raining, raining. When I was cutting that grass about every four days, I, you know, I really wasn't liking that. But you know, how do we think about uh, our work, and is it something we do uh, because of anxiety? You know, am I working because I'm anxious about many things? Am I working because I'm really, really worried that somehow I'm not going to make the mortgage? Am I worried because I'm worried about what you think? Am I working because I'm worried about what you think about me? You know, when we think about this anxiety and we go back and think about Martha and her situation there, um, could she have been happy in her own work without bothering Mary? You know, just just go back and try to fix the situation, right? It says she was worried about many things. Do you think God knew what was in her heart? Yeah. Did Jesus know? He knew, right? He knew it was in her heart. So he said she was worried about many things. Have y'all thought back about when he's dealing with, he's got several people he's dealing with. And, you know, the rich guy comes and, he says, well, you know, I've done all these things from my youth. You know, I'm shortening this story because I know you know it. And he says, well, this remains, you know, sell all your goods and give it to the poor and follow me. Oh, man, I can't do that. Well, why did he say that? Because he knew his heart. He knew the thing that was in the way, right? Um, what about the guy who was going to go bury his father? And it seems harsh. You know, you think about that. You know, I've told several folks, you know, that, Go back and read what Jesus said and tell me, you know, <laughs> was he kind of tough? Was he direct? You know, let the dead bury the dead. Do you remember that? <clears throat> Seems harsh, you know. 
But what did he mean by that? Your, your family priorities are misplaced. What should be first? You've got an opportunity to follow Jesus right here. And you're talking about going back over there and doing those family things, right? And what does Jesus tell us in several places about family? Who's your family? And where's your real work, right? Not that the other stuff doesn't matter, but what's number one, right? What's number one? And I, you know, I think that's really what this is all about. And I, like I say, I think all of us here know these things. Um, <clears throat> Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and deceitfulness of wealth uh, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So the temporary taking priority over the eternal seems to be the issue right here, right? When he when he tells what this is. You know, and I... If any of y'all are anything like me, I, this happens to me all the time. You know, there's all these immediate things out here. And, you know, um, <laughs> I could not cut the grass or I could not, you know, yesterday I was bush hogging. I could not do those things because guess what? The world's going to burn up. None of that stuff's going to matter, you know. Uh, the other day I was visiting with a guy and he was talking about this family history of working up this Brangus registered herd. You know, well, I, you know, I don't have to be diligent in those things. It's all going to get burned up, the cows and everything, and it's all going away, right? None of those things have value. Is that right? That's not right. Um, what the problem is is when those temporary things take priority over those eternal things. And... Um, we know these things, but if y'all are anything like me, these things get you. Um, Philippians 4. Uh, we'll read this passage and then we'll talk about it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So Philippians 4, 6 through 9, the passages we just read. What do they say? Focus on good stuff, right? Is that what that says? Focus on things that are excellent. Trust the love your Savior has shown. Does it say that? Trust the love your Savior has shown. The peace that can only come from Him is yours. So think, uh, think a minute back about Martha. Now, it said Martha was worried about many things. I'm going to take for granted that Jesus knew that. 
she had that in her heart. She was worried about a lot of stuff, right? Now, was it all bad stuff? In and of itself? No. Doesn't appear to be. Not not from what we get in the context, right? Appears to be good stuff. But she's worrying about those things. And what's bad about it? The worrying, right? The worrying, the anxiety. Um, had she had peace about all of those things, had she trusted in the Lord with regard to all those things, do you think he would have had that to say? Do you think she would have interrupted him to ask for help from her sister? Or could she have been satisfied with her own work and what she was doing and her own decision? Could she have been content in what she was doing? I think the answer is yes. <clears throat> so, kind of the other part of this, this idea of the power of the word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. They were amazed at his teaching, for his message was with authority. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. So why not listen? The mind of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In our last lesson, in the last hour, some of y'all weren't in here, but we were reading in the Bible where knowledge puffs up. Just a minute ago, right in here. It's in the Bible. The prudent acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. What was wrong with the person that we were reading about that had knowledge that was puffing them up? Is their use of it, their thoughts with regard to it, the way they were dealing with it. <clears throat> the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord's made both of them. So you should hear and you should see, you should observe. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Just as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. What's the first step in receiving him? So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We know that this idea of hearing him is important. This idea of gaining knowledge is important. The idea of of listening to what he has to say to us. Um, so then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day were added about 3,000 souls. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So we've got two received statements here. Um, those who had received his word were baptized. So what does that mean? They received his word. Did they do something afterwards? Okay. So how did they receive it? They received it with obedience, right? Uh, 
in the next passage, how did they receive it? It says, with great eagerness. They received it with great eagerness. Well, then, did they do something? You know, how is that reflected? How do we know that? Because they examined the Scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So when we think about this idea of being receptive to the Word or receiving that Word, we see how it works. So for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the Word of God from which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the Word of men, but for what it really is, the Word of God, which also performs its work in, in you who believe. So it says, which also performs its work in who you believe, in, in you who believe. So how does it demonstrate? How does it prove itself? And when we consider that and we consider this lesson kind of thinking back about it, is one of the proofs that peace that passes all comprehension that we read about earlier in Philippians, right? I see some heads nodding. Uh, and does that peace, is the peace kind of the opposite of the anxiety that we see here? Isn't that kind of the opposite of that? So when we think back about this Mary and Martha deal, you know, what was the real problem? What was the real problem? He says to her that she was worried about many things, right? Um, and had she had that peace, would she have been different? Would she have not been serving had she had that peace? Not 100% sure, right? Not 100% sure. When she, would, it, would it have gotten done? Do you invite somebody to your house and not feed them or not take care of them? Is that the right thing? Was it was it more about timing, or was it more about the worry, right? So, when we think about how this performs its work in you who believe, it seems it would do all of those things that we just talked about. That it would be um, a strength, a strengthening of that peace, right? and a diminishing of that anxiety or that worry. Um, you know, when I think about um, work um, from need, you know, I've worked both ways. I've worked because I was anxious. I was very, very concerned about my situation. And I've also worked for the love of work, you know, for the for the doing of it, you know, and for this idea that um, because of it I can be a supply to others, because of it the work that I do benefits others, um, and the work was the same work. It was the same work. But could you could we say that one of those works was good and one of them wasn't? Probably in a way, yeah, right? Um and I think we could maybe say the same thing about Martha. And when we see this thing with Martha and Mary, what we need to do is see what lessons we can learn personally from it, right? 
What benefit can we get? And um, I hope this has been helpful to you. Uh, as we just read, um, we saw the response from those that received the word. Uh, when we were reading in Acts chapter 2, those were getting baptized. I think most everybody here that's of age has done that, has made that decision. Um, but I know that if a lot of y'all are like me, you've gotten worried about, anxious about uh, the things of this world, uh, tied up in those things. Uh, we read about this idea of being choked, having our faith choked with the weeds of this world, the concerns with regard to um, our financial well-being, wealth, those kinds of things. And what we offer um, at the end of each service is this invitation. You know, if you find yourself subject to the invitation, I'd invite you to open uh, your, your uh, song books. I think we're reading five, or singing 522. If you find yourself subject to these things, if you would uh, please come forward while we sing these, uh, this song.